Welcome back in. Um, for the people who just joined us from the Rural Roundup, fun, well, no, it wasn't fun, actually, to start the first hour marking the very sad passing of, gosh, multiple world champion woodchopper Jason Wynyard. Very sad day in sport for New Zealand. 49 years old, has really left a mark on the world, particularly of timber sports. So um, all of our thoughts with him, if you want to listen to the the respect we pay to him for the first 15 minutes, it'll be available on the podcast service. Now, this weekend, it is my appointment viewing every Sunday, someday in October. The number one motorsport race, in my view, is Bathurst. And part of why I enjoy it so much is there's a man there that educates me every year. His name's Mark Larkham, affectionately known as Larko. I'm going to take umbrage and call you Larko. Welcome into the show. <laughs> Thank you, Steph. Nice to uh, nice to join you again. Um, how exciting is Bathurst for you? I mean, you've driven in it ten plus times. You get to cover it. Is it the granddaddy of all supercar races by some stretch? Yeah, it's it's a funny old thing, isn't it? And it's it's kind of hard to put your finger on it. You know, it's the you know the I, I guess it's a combination. It's the circuit. Every driver in the world wants to drive that circuit. It's the event because it's an endurance event of a thousand kilometres. Every team and driver wants to dominate that, um, you know. And it's it's our Melbourne Cup. It's our Grand Final. It's 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 all of the above. So it's I, I think more than anything, Joseph is is this year we're celebrating 60 years or 60 Bathurst events, mm. and I, I just think because it's so richly steeped in history, you know the the Ford versus Holden battles and the Brocks, the Moffats, the Johnsons, all of those great stories and legends have just all added up to uh, there's barely a driver in our field that wouldn't trade a championship to win a Bathurst, you know? Yeah, and, and I do want to talk about the great race, but it's it's an amazing card of support races as well. We've got all sorts of uh, vehicles going around laying rubber down for the for the big big race. Um, did the public really get in behind the support card? Uh, yeah, I think well certainly motor racing enthusiasts do, and you know it's mainly because everyone loves to see young emerging talent, don't they? You know. Who's going to be our next star? And that's where it all comes from. So um, the development series, the Dunlop series, DS2, as we call it, mm. is on up there this weekend. So there's a few of the guys competing in that race that will also be competing in the main race. So that's a good way to get your heart rate up and get the muscle memory going and the focus on. So uh, and, and just on development series and support categories, you guys do it as good as anyone in the world over there in New Zealand because all of the stars that you keep pumping out of there have all come through the junior series over there. I mean, Formula Ford, for example, is just a marvellous series, and you guys do it well over there. The Toyota Racing Series you have over there each year is just, on a world scale, is a fantastic feeder category. So support categories are critical to the sport's uh, viable future. How how hard or how expensive is it to get a seat? Because I, I'm looking at some of the fields this week. There's a lot of sons and grandsons in motorsport. I see the names <laughs> Moffat, Johnson, Kelly, Perkins, Seaton, uh, Next Generation. Um, they're given a bit of a hand, aren't they? Yeah, they are. But that uh, you know the game is tough, and just because you've got a a father that made a name for himself in the game doesn't mean it probably predisposes you to 
uh, an entry into the game, but certainly doesn't predispose you to succeeding in it. Um, so, you know, I, I sort of, with great respect, I, I don't have a, a, a whole lot of attention to that. I'm more, uh, I'm focused on performance. And performance isn't just car speed, it's technical capability, it's your ability to be able to communicate really well to your engineers. Uh, and then, you know, in this modern world of media and, um, you know, your, your profile and all that part of it's very, very important as well. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, but, but it's interesting, isn't it? We, in fact, I went and did some interviews with uh, Stephen Johnson and Jet Johnson. So there's three generations, you know, with Richo, Jim Richards, Stephen Richards. Now he's got his son. I mean, there's, it's just quite extraordinary. We've got all these sons of, of legends there now, which is kind of cool. Now, I don't know if you've heard this, but we've just had a news flash that there was going to be this meeting between supercars and teams scheduled for this morning at Mount Panorama ahead of the Bathurst 1000. It's just been cancelled. Um, meeting was set to discuss parity adjustments. Did you know about the meeting and did you know it's been cancelled? I didn't know it's been cancelled. Um, so, I mean, that's the, that's the political side of the sport. So... Um, I do my best to avoid that, other than behind closed doors. Um, I just enjoy fronting up and dealing with what I can deal with on the day. Um, you know, it's been a very, it's been a very contentious issue. We can't hide from that. Um, Camaro have had their fair share of winning. They argue that, you know, the Mustangs have shown some performance and they need to do a better job, as they would. Um, look. It's hard. Parity is a really, really hard thing. It has been, you know, I've been around the sport since the 90s and competing or driving or owning a team, whatever, and parity's always been a really, really contentious issue. So it's it's become, it's got a laser-like focus now because the cars now are the same. Whilst they're different in terms of, you know, one's a Camaro, one's a Mustang, of course, but the weights are the same, the widths are the same, the downforces are the same, the drags are the same, the engine horse about. So everything's so same, same. We've almost become a victim, victim of our own good work because the commercialisation of the sport demands that both sides have an equal opportunity. So a lot of work has been done to make them the same. But when you make cars the same, you they only need to be a micron different and that can be magnified. Mm. So we have a parity system that monitors car performance in terms of its lap time across all the top competitors on both sides, and it's an ongoing deep analysis, and if it gets triggered, then there can be a parity adjustment. So it got triggered during the course of the year, and the Mustang got some improvements, um, and subsequent to that, it hasn't yet triggered again. So supercars just can't rock up and say, let's make the Mustang go faster or let's put a bigger wing on it or whatever they might want to do, unless the, the parity system is triggered. And that's the rules of the sport. So, um, you know, it's a, look, it's a, it's a, it's a hot potato. Again, I, 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 I stand back from it. I'm going to remain stand back from it. It's just too political. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Do you think, as a Kiwi, um, my sister started going out with a West Australian. His very first question when I very first met him was, G'day, mate, Ford or Holden? 
And I said, look, mate, I don't, I, I don't really mind. And he goes, you got to mind. And I said, well, it doesn't bother me. And he goes, come on, you have to choose one. And I said, well, I've owned a full Cortina. And he said, you're dead to me because he was holding. That's, is it, how much gloss has that taken off the supercar circuit, the, the classic Ford Holden? Well, no, I think well, Ford's still there, obviously, with the Mustang. I mean, yes, Commodore and Falcon no longer made in Australia. Mm. So that's been really the bread and butter of the sport for a long time. But we've been through plenty of years where we've had other manufacturers. You know, there was the, the Group A era and there were Sierras around and BMWs and even the early Volvos. And then later on with Scotty McLaughlin, there was the later Volvos, Mercedes, Nissan. But we always migrate back to this V8 red versus blue. Now whilst the GM badge is actually blue, so you could argue it's blue versus blue, but it still very much is red versus blue because I would argue that every Holden racing team, red shirt, Holden line wearing race fan, really, I would expect they're now a GM Camaro family because Holden was always part of the General Motors family. Um, And, you know, a a Monaro that went up there in, what was it, 68 when Bruce McVie win? One, in response to the XR Falcon V8 the year before, the first V8 to go and win Bathurst, Holden respond with a Monaro, had a 327 Chevy in it. So there you go. Yeah. Here we are back with a Chevy engine tomorrow. So, And then go back to the early days of Australian touring car racing. So up at Bathurst, they were racing the manufacturer cars, GDHOs and XU1s and Monaros and all that sort of thing. That was the staple of what it was. But at the exact same time, in the Australian Touring Car Championship, we were racing, Bob Jane had his Camaro, uh, Moffat had his Mustang, so we've been there before. So I think it's really cool. We've gone around in this big 60-year circle and we're back at Ford, Chevy engine, Camaro versus Mustang. So yeah, I I think that, you know, it's part of our DNA, part of our culture. So I think the Ford fans are still Ford fans and Holden fans are Camaro fans. I can hear one of our listeners doing a burnout in the car park in his V8 just listening to you, Larko, just with that history lesson. I just, <laughs> I, I loved it. Hey, uh, the Bathurst 1000 is, uh, it's part of the supercars circuit, um, but it's a very, very different circuit with the hills, etc. Do we take, when we're trying to find a winner for this thing, um, do we take, or how much notice do we take that Kostecki's won six, uh, the Giz has won four, Brock Feeney's won five, and Will Brown's won four, and the best of anyone else has won. D- does the winner come from there or not necessarily? You mean during the season? Yeah. Um, no, Bath- Bathurst is a different animal, and I'll give you a good example of that. So uh, Mostert hasn't been in his best form this year, or him in his car. I mean, they, I think they've got a couple of podiums. Um, but I've got them pretty well on my radar as one of the potentials up at Bathurst because that team know what you've got to do to win at Bathurst. Um, it's a completely different set of circumstances, um, you know, in terms of strategy and fuel management and tyre life. Um, you know, there's just so much to it. I could talk about that for an hour, but um, th- there's just something unique about Bathurst. Now, of course, current form is always a guide. It would be very rare that um, someone who's winning races in the Supercar Championship isn't going to take that form to Bathurst. But the, the quirky thing about Bathurst, which is different to pretty well any other sport, maybe a, I don't know, a swimming relay might be a bit the same, thinking about it. Mm. But your result is hugely dependent on your co-driver. Now, 
there just ain't a whole bunch of co-drivers there capable of doing the same job. Um, that, and I say that respectfully, but a lot of them are, are young, a lot of them don't do a lot of miles, and a lot of them, like, you know, Garth Pander or a, a Craig Lowndes or, a, um, you know, Lee Holdsworth, some of these guys, they're fresh out of their supercar full-time seat, so they're the guys you want in your team. So all of a sudden, that changes the dynamic of your team at Bathurst. So take Brock Feeney. I mean, who could you possibly want better in the car than Jamie Winker? Yeah. And, and, and what that does, that massively opens up their strategy options. You know, they don't have to go through this rigmarole of, oh, we need to get the co-driver laps, because co-driver's got to do a minimum of 54 laps. Let's get him done early and out of the car so he's not in the car late in the race, you know, and slowing things up. Well, when you've got a Jamie Winkup, you don't have to think like that at all. You just let it roll out, take the safety cars when you need them. How much of the supercar fans, we know they miss McLaughlin, but now the Giz, two, two of the best out of New Zealand, is, is heading away as well. Is that, a, is that a concern for the local fans? Well, gee whiz, <laughs> after Scotty and the Giz, maybe a couple of Aussies can have a crack at winning. <laughs> um, no, I do. I, I take my hat off to you. And, you know, seriously, we're really looking forward to getting back over there next year because the New Zealand, I've said this a hundred times, your motorsport scene over there is just stellar. You have represented on the world stage completely disproportional to your population like you do in many sports. Uh, and I don't just mean from a driving point of view. I mean, there's been so many great Kiwi mechanics and engineers and drivers going right back to the start in the late 50s and 60s. It's just phenomenal. And I keep saying, um, in fact, I was talking to Jimmy Stone, Jimmy and Ross Stone, two of my favourite Kiwis. They're close friends of mine. Um, you know, Taupo, Wigra, Manfield, all those tracks over there that are gnarly and wet and fast and bumpy and dangerous. You know, for a driver to drive those tracks when he's learning, and for an engineer to have to sort the car out when he's learning, and for a mechanic to have to nut and bolt the car to stay together in those circumstances, I just think that prepares you people so well for the world stage, and, you know, I rest my case. Well, Mark Larkham, it's, it's a massive uh, ring on a lot of people's calendar, a circle around the date, <clears throat> the Bathurst 1000, and I really appreciate you chatting to uh, sports fans and motorsport fans on right through New Zealand today. But more particularly, I, I just personally wanted to thank you for just enhancing my viewing product. I've said for a long, long time, I think, Bathurst 1000, production values are right up there. You've got the right people in the right positions that take me trackside, take me into the pits, take me into the co-driver seat. I absolutely love what you do, Larko, and you're a big, big part of that. So really appreciate everything you do for the sport. Hey, I'm flattered you're saying that. Look, I'm lucky I've got the best job in the world. You know, I got to do it, but now I get to talk about it. So I am, I'm lucky. But look, for those of the fans that are, uh, that are interested, like we all are in the history of Bathurst, it's 60, as I said, it's the 60th time it's run this year. I've worked pretty hard the last couple of months on a little piece that'll go to where, I don't know, I'm guessing probably half an hour or three quarters of an hour before the start of the race. Don't miss it if you love the history. It's it's pretty cool. You, you, I, I think fans that love our sport will enjoy it. Oh, I already know I'm going to enjoy it. Larko, uh, appreciate your time. Um, have a fantastic weekend. It's going to be a ripper. Thanks, Seth. My, my pleasure. There he is. Um, just...
just such a massive contributor to my interest in motorsport and Bathurst in general. Mark Larkham. Mark Larkham. Wonderful. We're going to take a break straight after that. We've got the Kiwis team has just been announced uh, to take on Samoa and the Kangaroos. Got those squads as well. But the Kiwi squad after the break. <laughs> 